things that are that are uh, might seem off in the distance, but they are coming up very, very quickly. Okay, so make sure you get registered for both of those. Uh, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna get going into uh, the message for tonight. Dearly Father God, thank you for uh, tonight. Lord, we thank you for uh, your word. We pray that as we uh, go into it tonight, Lord, that we um, are, are not a distraction to our, ourselves or to those around us, Lord. And I pray that we are able to, uh, to see you through uh, your text tonight, Lord. And I just pray that we learn more and more what it means to love you and to love others. God, I just pray uh, through, uh, through this text, Lord, that we, we grow closer to you. God, and I pray that we take what we learn tonight and that we apply it to our lives. And it's your name we pray. Amen. So we've been journeying through, uh, through 1 John, and it seems like it's been uh, forever, but it's only been two months, and we still have some more to go. Okay, that's a good thing. That's exciting. All right? We've learned a lot in, in those eight weeks, or in those seven weeks so far, uh, on uh, about love, really. A lot of it's about love. First John talks a lot about what it means to walk in love. We saw in the first week that Christ is our life, that he has eternally existed with the Father. He's always existed with the Father. We saw how he was manifested in the flesh, how he came to the earth, and how we can have fellowship with him, and we can have fellowship with others through him. We also saw... Uh, how we are, how we should have fullness, fullness of joy in our lives. So we talked briefly about the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is based on our circumstances, while joy is something that is constant. Happiness can change. Happiness is not necessarily a bad thing, but happiness doesn't last. Joy will, and it will be there constantly throughout your circumstances. Then the next week we talked about how uh, how we must confess our sins. We talked about the importance of confession in the lives of believers. We talked about how it was something that was just not a one and done. It's something that we continually have to do. It's a spiritual discipline. It has to be present. In our life, we also talked about what it means to know God. What does it mean to actually know Him? We talked about the difference of, of just knowing who somebody is and, and knowing almost everything about them. You see, I know who Donald Trump is, but I do not know him personally. I know who Urban Meyer is. I know a lot about Urban Meyer. I listen to every single press conference he does within an hour of those press conferences happening. I was just saying. Pretty big fan. But I do not know him personally. I wish I did. I really wish I did. But I, I don't. He talks about what it means to know God. Then Caleb talks about 
how we are to not love the world, how we have two choices. We can either love God or we can love the world. There is no in-between. There's no gray area. It's either black or white. Choose God or choose the world. We all have that decision to make for ourselves. And we have to figure out which one that we're going to make. We looked at deception and how, how there are false teachers. There are false teachers, people who try to twist Scripture and change the meaning of what the text says. There are people who, who try to tell you what Christ wants from you, but they are not practicing sound doctrine. And if you do not know the Word and abide in the Word, then you could be deceived as well. So with that, we talked about the importance of abiding in God's Word, remaining in God's Word, and knowing God's Word. I had one of our middle school students uh, tell me yesterday that he's been memorizing Scripture. That's just been something that's been going on at home. And I said, you know, what's your, re what's your reward for it? And he's like, I don't have a reward for it. And that's great. He's just memorizing Scripture, knowing God's Word. We need to know it, abide in it, remain in it. We talked about being a child of God and then what it means to make a practice of sin and how we are to not make a practice of sinning. How there's a difference between sinning and making a practice uh, of sin. So there's a, a difference there. And, and it's very important that we do not practice Sinning. We also, uh, last week, uh, Chuck, or Chuck, sorry, sorry, uh, Kurt, Kurt Alford was here uh, while I was in uh, Georgia, is that where I was? Georgia, I was in Georgia, I was close to the border uh, of South Carolina, I guess, but I was, I was in, in Georgia, and, and, and Kurt talked about loving others. And one verse that we looked at was, was John, uh, 1 John 3, 16, which says, We have come to know love by this, that he laid down his life on behalf of us. And we ought to lay down our lives on behalf, on the behalf of others. Love is, is so um, crucial, so important. Uh, and, and John, it's so important. John mentions it. 38 times in the book of 1 John alone. And in Western culture, the meaning of the word love has just uh, stretched, been, been so far stretched and, and redefined, and it is doesn't mean as much anymore. I mean, I talk about how much I love a Big Mac. That's a little bit different the way that I love my wife, my wife or my, my, my family, you know, or... You know how much I love uh, Urban Meyer. Still a little bit different there as well. You know, we have so many different meanings to that love. And John mentions this 38 times. And, and Paul, Paul mentioned it a whole lot too. I'm just going to give you, just give you some examples. Here are 15 ways that Paul talked about love. It says, we are individually members of one another in Romans 12. Also in Romans 12, love one another with brotherly affection. Again, Romans 12, 
outdo one another in showing honor. Romans 14, let us pursue what makes uh, for upbuilding one another. Romans 15, instruct one another. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, have the same care for one another. Galatians 5, through love, serve one another. Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4, with patience, endure one another's love. Ephesians 4, be kind to one another. Ephesians 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Philippians 2, and humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Colossians 3, do not lie to one another. 1 Thessalonians 4, encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, always seek to do good to one another. You see, there's so many different ways we can love each other. So many different ways we can love others. We need to practice that. We need to practice that. We're going to see that continuing tonight. Uh, a lot of the similar patterns that we saw last week about how we need to love others if we claim to love God. Before we get going uh, any further into tonight's text, I want to share with you one story uh, from my vacation. Uh, this was in my notes earlier, but I, I missed it, so I want to tell you right now because um, it, it would make you very proud of me. Uh, so we were kind of like on the beach, okay? And when you're on the beach, there's something that's called like low tide. All right, anyone know what low tide is? Yeah, okay, the tide's out, all right? So the water's far farther away from, you know, where it normally is on the beach, okay? And there's this one part of the island that we were on, which is uh, just, off, just off the coast of Georgia. And um, you can almost like walk to another island. The tide was so low. It was just like a, a, a major uh, sandbar. And so I'm out there with my, my family. So uh, me and Brittany go out there, uh, my brother and his wife, my sister and my parents. All right. And so Brittany's like, I'm pregnant. I'm not walking. So she sits down. Okay. And everyone else is going out. And um, I don't know if you know this about me. First of all, I'm a really big Jack Hanna fan. You know, the zoo guy? Jack Hanna. Big Jack Hanna fan. But I do not do well with wildlife. Okay? Any kind of wildlife. All right? I'm just not. This is, I don't know. I'm just not good at that. So we start walking out on the sandbar. And my mom's like, oh, you know, make sure you're looking for, like, sea creatures. And I'm like, well, that's weird. You know, I hope I don't see any. And so we saw, you know, we're, I'm not even that far out. And my brother's wife's like, hey, look, Austin. That's my brother's name. She's like, look, Austin, what's that? What's that weird-looking rock? And he's like, I don't know. She's like, why don't you flip it over? He's like, okay. And so I'm standing probably right where, where, right where Chloe's at is where the rock is. And I'm standing right there. And he goes down and he flips it over. And this crab pops out, all right? And this crab has, like, the pinchers and, like, the face. And it's like, okay? And, and I do not do well. My brother and his wife jump back. And then my brother's like, oh, that's cool. He's like, Bethany, pose with it. So she gets down and he's, like, taking pictures of it. And I, like, take a picture of it real quick. And I start booking it back to shore, okay? Because, you know, I'm going to be a father soon. So I can't die from a crab attack, okay, before I, before I meet my son, okay? That just doesn't work out well. Uh, you know, I, it's, not, it's not the way I want to go out, okay? And so 
And I start running back, running back to shore, and you know, well, not really running, but you know, making my way quickly back to shore, making sure I don't. But I'm also shuffling my feet because apparently, if you shuffle your feet, you won't get attacked by any sea creatures, um, even though there's barely any water. Uh, I don't care at this point. I'm shuffling. I'm like into the dry sand. I'm still shuffling my feet. Like I do not care. And uh, and so I, you know, Brittany's like a little bit like wondering why I got back like a half hour before everyone else did, but I kind of just, you know, avoided the topic because I'm, I'm manly. And so, you know, I'm not going to admit my weaknesses and flaws to her, uh, even though she found out later. And so my brother's like, he comes back a little bit later, he's, he's wondering, he's like, why did you, why did you leave? Why didn't you walk really, like, way out farther with us? I said, do you see that crab? He's like, yeah. Did you see the pictures on that crab? He's like, yeah, my wife took a picture next to it. I'm like, dude, that thing could attack you. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you kept on going out. You could have got. You could have even went further out. And you know what? I was safe uh, by by God's grace and mercy. The crab did not attack me, and I made it safely back to shore. And uh, I have the picture uh, of that crab. And tell you what, man, it was pretty intense. It was at least that big. And so. Uh, so yeah, so so I don't have my transition for that. I apologize because I forgot to tell you that story earlier. So tonight, going back to First John, uh, tonight in this section, John offers assurances that will arise in the heart of the one who possesses genuine love, and that is the the child of God. We're continuing on in First John three. Tonight, we're going to look at verses 19 through 24, which will finish up chapter 3. Let's, let's start by reading verse 19. It says, By this we shall know that we are of truth and reassure our heart before him. So John starts out by saying, he says, by this. This, this by him saying by this, he's referring to verses 17 and 18. Let me remind you what those say. They say, But if anyone has the world's goods and see his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed, in truth, uh, and in truth. And so when he is saying, when he is saying this, He's referring to the love and the obedience that we exhibit. He's referring to the action and the truth and how we need to remain in God's love. We cannot close our hearts to our brothers because then God's love would not remain in us. Here we see John affirming believers that we can have confidence when we approach God and prayer. Sometimes, sometimes Christians struggle with that confidence of going to God in prayer. Sometimes that's that's a struggle. We don't have confidence that God will hear us. We don't have confidence that maybe that we are of Him. John is is talking about the self-sacrificial love that we saw described earlier in chapter three and how that offers evidence 
that one knows the truth, the self-sacrificial love that offers evidence that we know the truth. Uh, we need to ask ourselves, we need to ask ourselves, is that the way that we love others? Is it one of sacrifice? Is it selfless? Would others be able to know the truth by your love? Would they be able to know that you know the truth by your love? I want you to think about that. How are you loving others? Can others see the truth through you? Can they see that you know the truth? Honestly, that's something I have to ask myself quite frequently. And, and it's not just the world. How am I loving the world? But it's also how am I loving those close to me? Am I building others up <clears throat> by the way I love them? Can others around me, those close to me, who see me maybe at my best and they definitely see me at my worst, can they see that I know the truth? We need to ask ourselves that. John is, is saying here, uh, when we are troubled by doubts and, and self-condemnation, don't focus on our failures. Because we know, as Christians, yes, we, we will fail. But he, he, instead, he's saying, focus on the many times that God's love has flowed through you since you became a believer. And let these acts of self-sacrifice be evidence that you are of truth. And let that end your doubt. We will go through many, many times of doubt in our walk with Christ. We, we will doubt. And sometimes we will, will doubt whether or not we're saved. I don't know about you, but I have probably given my life to Christ 122 times in my life, okay? I felt like maybe the first time wasn't good enough. You know, so every time for I was growing up and maybe when I was your age or a little bit younger than you or I was just in my bed at night and I couldn't fall asleep and it was like, I really don't want to go to hell and so I want to make sure that this thing is for real. So I'm going to say this prayer again, all right? And so I, I, I struggled. I doubted. I doubted that I was a believer and that I could go to God in prayer. Let's look at verse, look at verse 20. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. God is greater. God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. There's a word from that. Anyone know what the word for knowing everything is? Not a know-it-all. What is it? Omniscient. Alright? Omniscient. It's not a know-it-all, but okay. He knows everything. And he knows. If you if you truly are a believer, if you, if you fall in Christ, he knows that we believe Christ and that we strive to love our brothers and that we regret when we will fall short. 
That doesn't mean we don't need to confess. But still, he knows it. And the human heart, the human heart is not the final standard. God is. God's power keeps us secure in him. God's power and his steadfastness is not, and not our own. That gives us security. And when we doubt, when we doubt, we need to confront ourselves and remind ourselves that uh, remind ourselves that God's God's work in our life and, and what is what is true of God's greater knowledge of our heart. We need to remind ourselves of God's knowledge of our heart. He knows everything. He is greater than our heart. A guy named James Boyce uh, wrote that faith, which is the opposite of doubt, faith it being based on knowledge must be fed of it. So we need to remind ourselves of, of, of all that God has done in our lives. When we see we, we see John say in, in verse 19 and 20 that, that assurance assurance is based on, on knowledge of God's work in our lives. Assurance is based on the knowledge of God's work in our lives. We need to become more aware to it. We need to be able to pick it out times where, where, where we've seen that. Let's continue on in verses 21 and 22. The conditions, sorry, sorry, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So the, the conditions, there's, a, there's kind of like a big thing that sticks out right here in this verse. And it's kind of a little scary and it's a little like, oh, I don't know if that's true. And it's right there in, in verse 22 where it says, whatever we ask, we receive from him. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. And I can say, I know that's not true. Because when I was in high school, I asked God for a girlfriend. And you know what? I tried a lot. And it didn't happen any of those times. All right? Now, the, but, but if we look at the, the conditions along with the verb tense, that, that they suggest that John did not intend to essentially promise a, a blank check for any and every prayer that we might make. John's not saying... You name it, you, you believe in him, he will give that to you. He is not saying that. That is not happening, all right? And so what he is is, is saying, but, oh, so it's not a blank check. Um, but that answered prayer is, is an ongoing experience of a Christian. If you look back at, at Luke 22, we see Jesus, who requested that the cup of crucifixion pass from him. And that was not answered affirmatively. And, and, and we also need to look at how Jesus ends that prayer in, in Luke 22. Especially, this is coming up uh, coming up on the Easter season. Think about how he ends this prayer in Luke 22. He, he ends it by saying... 
not my will be done, but not my will be done, but yours be done. Jesus says to the Father, let not my will be done, but your, be, your will be done. After he has just asked the Father to let that like let the cup pass from them. Jesus is about to die on the cross for us. And he says, let the cup pass from me. But let your will be done. Not mine. And so we, we think we might know what's best for us when we go to God in prayer, when we are asking for different things. But we don't. We do not know what's best for us. We do not. However, God's will is perfect. And it is honoring. God's will honors and it glorifies Him. We need to rest in that. Let's look at verses 23 and 24. It says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of the Son, of, of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. We must believe in Jesus to love one another. We need to love God and we need to love others. These two things stem, they stem from the same attitude. And John sees that as one command. To do one is to do the other according to John. Those who obey God's commands, they live in Him. They abide in Him. Man, you guys can come on up as, as we finish up here. We see, we see John bring back the word abide. And he says in verse 24, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God's Whoever keeps his commandments, God's commandments, abides, remains, is in Christ, or in God, and, and God is in him. God's in him, and, and, and we know, we know that, that God abides in us. You see this right here in this verse. We see that God abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Guys, if we have a relationship with Christ, God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit abides in us. The Holy Spirit remains in us. And it helps us. It gives us the ability to love God and to love others. We can't do that on our, on our own strength. There are times where you uh, would rather not love others. Okay? And I'm sure those times can be often. 
But if we are followers of Christ, we need to not only love God, we need to love others. We can't. We can't do those two things apart. They have to be together. John loves talking about how we are to walk in love. That's the overall theme of 1 John. And we see that quite a bit each week, each of the last eight weeks that we spent going through this book. And we're going to see that as we finish out 1 John. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for loving us. God, I just pray that we learn to love you more and to love others more. God, I just pray that we make that a priority. That we realize how important that is and how many different ways we can do that. Can I just pray just over those few verses that we covered tonight? These students are able to take what they, what they saw, what you revealed to them, Lord, and apply it to their lives. We thank you for your love. Help us to love others and love you more. In your name we pray. Amen. Stand for worship.